Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and we're here with the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine ish stories to talk about because, well, the first two kind of go hand in hand together. So really eight stories if we're really being specific. We're going to talk about the WWE sale news. We're going to talk about if Vince would actually step down if the company is sold. We're going to talk about morale in the company. What matches are quote-unquote locked in for WrestleMania. We will also talk about Kota Ibushi being offered a, I guess you could say, big boxing match and so much more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap-up. A wrestling news show every Monday and Friday morning between 11 and 11.30 a.m. Pacific, bringing you the latest in all of professional wrestling as far as news does go. We try to break it down a little more than just our normal news videos on our channel. With that, remember you can watch this show live on either YouTube or Twitch, either that, whether that's youtube.com forward slash ProWrestlingUnlimited or twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Also, remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. It gives you free stuff, free stuff for games. And it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos. And so much more. Also, remember, you can get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash pro wrestling PW Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, and that's all because Rumbleverse is going away. Well, then you can support us with this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you'll support us with no extra cost to yourself. Again, unfortunately, Rumbleverse has gone away. Well, it's going away at the end of the month. It is no longer taking any more transactions as far as microtransactions for the game. Everything has been opened up and free, and it really does suck. We heard the news of Knockout City doing the same thing as well. But if you are... All right, and if you're gonna you're gonna uh, chill out somebody else's epic code in our chat, then we're gonna put you on a timeout and say bye bye, because no, we're here to make ourselves money. I mean, this sounds a little selfish, but we're here to make ourselves money. It's a charity stream. We gotta keep our lights on and everything going. Our internet fresh, so you guys get the content we can provide. Again, use code PW Unlimited. Use code PWUnlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. And even if it's, like I said, all the time, free game. If it's the free game, you can claim the free game and use our code as well to support us. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it works. 
claim the free game and you will still be supporting us here pro wrestling unlimited now i need to turn my fan on because it's a little warm in my room i don't know why but then we'll get into the news once i get into get that on i guess you could say All right, so as far as the news does go, whoa, 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 what is this? Hold on, give me one second. I need to check. Someone just sent me something that I need to double check on really quick before we get into the news. Um, and Melvin Benton says, when will Knockout City go away? Well, Knockout City servers will be shut down in June. And the game will still stay up, technically, if anybody wants to play with friends. Like, if you want to set up a match with just friends, that will still be possible. But matchmaking servers will be going away for good starting in um, June for Knockout City, which is very, very unfortunate. So... All right, so that was nothing yet. That might be something later today. But that was nothing as of right now. Now, the first news story that we are going to get into here does have to do with WWE Sale and Vince McMahon. And it actually does come from CNBC. And I do want to preface that WWE CEO Nick Khan was actually on CNBC this morning. But the article does state, quote, World Wrestling Entertainment Executive Chair Vice or Executive Chairman Vince McMahon is open to stepping away from the company if it's the right deal, according to WWE CEO Nick Khan. Shares of the company rose 4% on Friday. That does come now, I'm editorializing. That does come after yesterday's investors call. If we pull up WWE stock really fast, we can pull that up before we keep going a little bit more. We pull up and look at the WWE stock. Actually up five of almost five and a half percent now. It's up 5.26% from where it was yesterday. Show you guys that on the screen. Uh, let's pull this here. <clears throat> so this is what it's looking like right now. It opened this morning at 86.43. It is currently at 89.72, up 5.26%. As far as the article from CNBC does go, they continue to write, McMahon's potential future involvement in WWE has become an, ear, an early sticking point in preliminary talks with various buyers, according to people familiar with the matter, who... Asked not to be named because the discussions are private. Uh, Vince McMahon is WWE's controlling shareholder. He developed the creative storylines for the Professional Wrestling League for for the last couple of de for the last many decades. Let me let me just make this text a little bigger because their text is kind of small on their site. So let me there we go. Um, da -da 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 -da, last couple of decades. I just lost my spot when I did that. Uh, earlier this year, he stepped down as the head of creative, handing the reins to his son-in-law, former WWE superstar Paul Triple H Levesque. 
Khan took over as sole CEO in January when Levesque's wife and McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, stepped down as co-CEO. Vince is declared to the board he's 100% open to transactions where he's, where he's not included in the company moving forward, Khan said in an interview with CNBC Friday. McMahon stepped away from his CEO role in June amid accusations of sexual misconduct from former female WWE employees. A month later, he announced... Uh, a month later, he announced that he... This is written weird. I'm going to read this verbatim. A month later, he announced he announced he would retire from the wrestling company he bought from his father over four decades ago. Last month, however, McMahon returned to the board to directly be involved in the sale negotiations with potential buyers. WWE has hired financial advisors to proceed with a sale process, which Khan predicted would last about three months. Khan emphasized WWE could be appealing to a large media company with a streaming platform that could increase subscribers by exclusively owning WWE's monthly live events along with its historical library of past matches. We feel that Marketplace is robust for our product, Khan said. It is, it's in essence, its own sports league. Someone can buy it and put it on their platform. Potential buyers for WWE include Comcast, Netflix, Liberty Media, and Endeavor, which already owns UFC. We'll get back to that in Comcast here in a moment. Khan acknowledged, quote, It's tough to take control from McMahon, who has owned and run WWE, previously WWF, for more than 40 years. Still, he retired, or he reiterated, that McMahon would prioritize shareholder value and step away, quote, if it's the right deal. And we'll take a look at all of the factors that make it the right deal. And then they do, do go on to state that Disclosure Comcast is the parent company of NBC Universal, which owns CNBC well. Well, 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 well. As we dive into that, Looks like some, at least at CNBC, don't think that WWE or that Universal and Comcast and whatever is interested anymore in buying the company. Now, this is an interesting one because Nick Khan was on a CNBC this morning. And they were talking about different companies being interested. And Nick Khan did mention NBC Universal and Comcast, where host Nick Faber told Nick Khan that Comcast, NBC Universal, is probably no longer interested in not in the running. Nick Khan would state, quote, We are still bullish that Comcast is possible, but there's not much more I can say on that. So this is very, very interesting that Comcast may no longer be interested in full-out purchasing WWE as for the last month since these sale talks really did start going, they were the running lead as far as the leader that everyone thought would most likely buy the company. Now is Nick Faber, or not Nick Faber, but uh, David Faber wrong here? Did he hear something that he misconstrued? Did he hear something that was offhanded and not 100% correct? Or is it maybe, and now I'm just spitballing and, and making wild accusations, which I shouldn't, but did he hear something that somebody else said second and third hand and maybe hear it get changed to we're not as interested. And so he heard it as not interested. That's going to be something 
that we really need to keep an eye on as far as this because Nick Khan says, oh, no, we're, we still think it's possible that Comcast buys. I just can't say anything else. The other very interesting thing is Nick Khan saying that we think this process is only going to last about three months. So by mania, essentially, Nick Khan is saying that there could be a new owner for WWE by mania the first weekend of April because three months would be the end of March. And honestly, we don't even know when sale talks began. If they began back in December, then maybe March before Mania, the sale could be done. And again, the CNBC, where is it? The CNBC article does note Comcast, Netflix, Liberty Media, and Endeavor as potential buyers for WWE that they are hearing, which, which is a change CNBC had been touting Disney as a potential buyer, not anymore. Not anymore, which is very, very interesting to look at. I never thought Disney was possible. A lot of people were like, Disney should buy it. Disney could do so much with it. Disney Plus, Hulu, the parks, and then, nope. <coughs> no, the Disney talks, as far as people speculating Disney, have really wound down the last couple of weeks. And now with this CNBC article, they're not saying Disney at all. And they were the first ones to say Disney, I believe. So just saying. I always said Disney didn't look possible to me. A lot of other people did, but I didn't. But whatever. It's not about what I thought or not because I have no direct knowledge. No sources telling me anything about the sale. And CNBC is going to have better sources than me. So yeah, I just never thought... Disney was someone that would want WWE, maybe to partner with WWE, maybe get WWE for ESPN and ESPN Plus. But I never thought WWE is something that Disney would want to buy, especially for seven to ten billion, if that's the number they're gonna get. If they get that number, if they get seven, Vince himself is pocketing three billion. But it is very interesting, A, that some that work for Comcast, don't think Comcast is as interested anymore, and B, that Nick Khan really does believe that if it's the right call, Vince will step away and be like, you know what, we'll sell it, you do what you want to do, I take my money and I go. Now, speaking of Vince being back, we have an article, uh, an update here on the morale backstage within WWE as far as since Vince has returned, and this does come from a Fightful, as I pull this up here, they do state, quote, in the recent Inside the Rumble 3 feature, we spoke heavily about how our contacts within and around WWE had stated that morale had never been lower in the company than it was around the time of the Royal Rumble in 2022. That shifted significantly based on the following ups from this year. Vince McMahon was not seen at the Royal Rumble and his creative influence was not felt on the show. Uh, those that we've heard back from have stated that from a day-to-day -day and weekly basis, the atmosphere is much more laid back. One of, the, one of the only remainders of Vince's influence remains the, quote, Vince's office directional sign that has been changed, that hasn't been changed since he left, but points to a section of the backstage area that is completely different. One source says, it's not like anyone is fearful of bringing up his name, but generally, most haven't really asked much since Triple H, Nick Khan, and Kevin Dunn held meetings assuring the roster that McMahon would not be involved in creative or talent relations. One talent 
that had noted to us the process of the Rumble itself was stated that this was the easiest in a long time without Vince at the helm and that there were way less last-minute changes. The talent also said that it was or that you can't really count 2021 towards that because of COVID, but that this year's was a dream compared to last year's nightmare. Even NXT talent that Fightful spoke to exposed optimism now that the one-year ban on NXT talent being in the Rumble was lifted. Talent also spoke of the main event segment being a, quote, new age curtain sellout, with many people quietly around monitors watching the Bloodline Sami Zayn angle play out. The only complaints that we heard were of were about the Hardy performance cutting into the time of others and some minor transitional things that they believe the current regime will get used to. So there we go. It seems like everything is looking up in WWE and many people are happy being in that company. Many people are happy to be there. Morale is up. No more, oh, we get there and we're told we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and it's changing this and this. No, no more of that. Mostly it seems like those last-minute changes that we have seen, like at Raw 30, are things that have to happen on the fly that would also happen if Vince was there or not. So even if it wasn't even Triple H, if it was somebody else, if it was, God forbid, I don't know, Bruce Pritchard running the entire company or running creative or anybody, anybody, someone else that the new buyers put in charge, the whole stuff with Raw 30, if something goes long, you have to make a last-minute call, no matter if you're Vince, Triple H, or somebody else. So... It sounds like things are going well within WWE right now. Also, remember, if you are watching live on YouTube, you can help us out by donating a Super Chat donation. Remember, all Super Chats do guarantee that your question, comments, or concerns do get read live on the air. Again, donate a Super Chat to support the channel. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Now, we're going to keep on the Vince McMahon-related, I guess you could say, topics here. I don't know if this is full on like a Vince story, but it does have to do with Vince or it has to do with stuff since Vince's return as it is being reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that quote, a lot more cuts have been made since Vince McMahon's return as Dave Meltzer wrote the following. There have been a lot more cuts on the corporate side in the past few weeks in different departments since the return of Vince McMahon. The belief is that the cuts are being made to lower the cost to get the company ready for a sale. Matthew Drew, who was the senior vice president of International, was the biggest name to be let go. He came from DAZN in June of 2021, which means he was a Nick Khan hire. Since Nick Khan hired a number of people from DAZN in 2021, his job included managing global media partners, devising international strategy for overseas live events, digital, consumer products, and new revenue opportunities. It was recently revealed that the WWE executive chairman would step down if WWE were to sell to somebody that didn't want him in charge or involved with the company any further. So there we go. It's just a little quick news note that yet more cuts are happening on the corporate side of things, not on the roster side of things, but the corporate side of things within WWE. Also, it is to be noted that yesterday WWE did their conference call and and, um, Vince McMahon was not on the call at all, did not speak, none of that. So that is good to see that Vince is not, quote-unquote, trying to involve himself in more things that he really 
needs to be involved with if that really makes sense. And the final, I guess you could say, corporate side WWE story we're going to talk about is some quick hits from yesterday's actual, I guess you could say, investors call. Let me pull that up right here. For some reason, my link isn't working. Ah, got it. Here we go. WWE's dominance remains unmatched in the industry, with the company announcing record-breaking yearly revenue and another strong quarter to end the year. Ahead of their quarterly investors call Thursday afternoon, the company released their reports and touted a company best $1.3 billion in net revenue, an increase of 18% year-over-year. Their operating income also increased to a record of $283 million, up 11% year-over-year. The record numbers were fueled by their various rights deals with NBC Universal and Fox for both Raw and SmackDown and domestic WWE network rights. Additionally, they enjoyed a full year of ticketed shows and they returned to Saudi Arabia this fall. The other category of media revenue, which contains the revenue from the Saudi shows and additional programming, was up 148.5 million from 73 million year to year. Their media revenue increased by roughly 97 million year over year. In the case of live events, revenue increased 200, no, 123.1 million year over year from 2021's 57.8 million. Remember, everything they're talking about here is 2022 numbers. So we're comparing 2021 to 2022. Consumer product revenues were up roughly 33 million year over year. The company did 231 total ticketed live events in 2021. 218 domestic and 13 international. The domestic shows averaged 6,100 um, for attendance. <clears throat> Those numbers were roughly from, excuse me, WWE's 101 total ticketed events, 88 domestic and 13 international the year prior, with an average of 6,900 in attendance. For the final quarter of 2022, WWE garnered revenues of $325 million, which is a 5% increase. The increase due to the network revenue related to the timing of the premium live events as well as higher monetization of third-party original programming were offset by declines in consumer product licensing and online sales in addition to the staging of the events in Saudi Arabia this past year and the prior year. Operating income for the quarter decreased by 22% to $62.7 million due to content creation cost, the board's special committee investigation into Vince McMahon, and a higher stock comparison expense. The report noted that there were $2.3 million for quarter four and $21.7 million in 2022 overall associated with, quote, certain costs. Related to the board's investigation into Vince McMahon, in addition to the $7.4 million in expenses, quote, related to the certain payouts to be made by the company's controlling stockholder. So they're saying that overall, the investigation into Vince cost $21.7 million, and $2.3 million of that was in the fourth quarter. Now, it's weird that they mentioned Vince paying $7.4 million in expenses. I don't know if that means he's paying those back to the company. But it's weird because it says, related to the board's investigation into McMahon, in addition to $7.4 million in expenses, quote, related to certain payouts to be made by the company's controlling stockholder. Why does that need to be brought up if Vince is paying it? That's a little 
a little skeptical. Media revenue was up to 279.7 million year to year, which increased WWE. Uh, we saw an increase in WWE Network license fees that were up 47.1 million year to year, and quote other categories that were up 61.7. While live events were up slightly to 23.8 million year to year, consumer product revenue did dip a little to 21.8 from 32.6 year to year. That's all million. Uh, the company stated last November's crown jewel in Saudi Arabia, headlined by Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul, was WWE's most viewed international event ever, up 70% on Peacock. Both Extreme Rules, which was up 36%, and Survivor Series up 46%, broke domestic records for most viewed as well. Some of the notes from the actual call itself, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, and Frank Riddick conducted the call. Nick Khan acknowledged Vince McMahon's return to the company, as did Levesque later on, saying having, saying having McMahon around, quote, has been great. And having him back, even just as he, at a board level, is, quote, tremendous, a tremendous asset to the company. Khan also gave praise to Stephanie McMahon in referencing her exit from the company. Khan acknowledged the exploration of a sale without saying the word sale and that they were reviewing all options for shareholder value what they are looking for, what they partner, and how the sale could affect media rights that come up here soon. Khan said that McMahon's inclusion in running WWE wouldn't be a factor with a sale that he would step down and be in, not be involved if it meant a better evaluation and value for the shareholders. Any sale would honor the existing NBCU and Fox deals. The first renewal rights window will be right after WrestleMania. So I saw some people tweeting about that yesterday, and they got a little confused. What does that really mean? NBC and Fox are buying the company? No. What this actually means is that right after WrestleMania is when WWE can start renegotiating with NBC, Universal, and Fox as far as a new deal for 2024. WWE can talk, and they can say, this is what we want to give you. Hey, we want to go down. We want to go up. WWE says we want this. Fox says we want that. NBC's, you know, NBC says we want this. Fox says we want that. That can start right after WrestleMania, those talks. Now, if those talks don't go well enough for WWE to go, all right, we don't need to talk to anybody else. We'll stick with you guys. Then I want to say in fall, WWE can start talking to other media partners. I think it's year and a half out. NBC and Fox have exclusive rights to negotiations. And then and I could be wrong on this. You guys can correct me if I am. And then I believe from what I've read in the past, it's a year out. WWE can start talking to others. It might be six months, but I believe it's a year out. WWE can start talking to others. So it's not, oh, NBC and Fox are coming together to buy the company. I saw a lot of people confused by that yesterday. No, it's that if the company is sold before a new rights deal is reached, the new company is not going to say, say Comcast buys it. They're not going to go, all right, Fox deal, we're just kiboshing that. We're going to get out of that any way we can before it's even up. That's what it means. Uh, when talking about NBC Universal, Khan said he really liked the cadence of their WWE promotion and the ability to move Raw to different networks when preempted is needed, if needed, siding with the Winter Olymp with the Winter Olympics. Khan said that WWE set gate records for both Raw and SmackDown in more than 20 cities in 2022. Khan said that more than 12,000 tickets have been sold for February's Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Canada. 
Khan said that WWE expects bigger success with sponsorship revenue in 2023 and are off to a strong start with Royal Rumble sales nearly tripling. Nearly tripling. And the sponsorship revenue up 98% from last year. Khan said that they are exploring selling rights to, quote, ring assets. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting one. That's a very interesting one. Ring assets. What does that mean? Well, what we saw with the pitch black match. Big ass logos on the ring floor, like the canvas. Turnbuckles on the side of the ring, on the barricades. It's all different types of things. He's not against selling, I guess you could say, sponsorships on the mat, on the ring, and other deals around ringside area, which is very interesting. It's what New Japan does. It's what UFC does. It's what Bellator does. They've all got 50 million logos on their floor, on their mat, and logos other places as well. We see it with UFC. UFC's got the big, most of the time, monster logo in the middle. Then whenever movie sponsoring that month's pay-per-view is on the mat, and then they have other sponsors up on the posts and more sponsors on the mat. So maybe we see WWE do something like that as well. Khan said that Mountain Dew slash Pepsi came to them wanting to sponsor a match. So that's another interesting one that they didn't come to them or they didn't put out that they were interested in having a sponsored match. Pepsi literally came to them. He said his team then went to Levesque and they came up with what well they came up with. Khan says that more companies are interested in WWE media rights than last time, which were only two. So he's saying that basically, last time we did this, only Fox and NBC were really the only ones interested. More are interested now. NBC Universal and USA Network are, quote, thrilled with NXT's performance, and WWE internally is happy with its growth. Last note we do, we do have here says, unadvanced for their delayed plans in India appears to be on tap for about April once that whole... Sony deal does get put in place over there. Cons of the pandemic really delayed plans there and other small things as well. So yeah, WWE making money hand over fist. And it's only a matter of time before the company gets sold, most likely, and we see exactly who buys it. But WWE, Nikon, and all them are saying three months, three months, three months. Well, in less than three months is WrestleMania. And it looks like a number of matches and big stars are quote-unquote locked in for WrestleMania, according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter as Meltzer writes the following. For WrestleMania, the locked-in matches at this point are Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the Universal title, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's title, Char uh, Bianca Belair versus the Chamber winner for the Raw Women's title, John Cena versus Austin Theory, no word on whether that will be for the U.S. title or not, and EO Sky and Dakota Kai versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler for the Women's Tag Team Championship. So there's something new, ladies and gentlemen. There's something new. Ronda and Shayna are quote-unquote locked in to challenge for the Women's Tag Titles at WrestleMania. Now, I have a running list here of different matches that have either been said to be locked in or rumored for WrestleMania. And that number with adding the women's tag match has now risen to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches seem to be possible, if not set for WrestleMania. We have the one, two, three, four that I just read per Meltzer in the latest Observer. And then we also 
basically know that it's possible for Bobby Lashley to be taking on Brock Lesnar. That one's very possible. It looks like Seth Rollins will be taking on Logan Paul. Edge and Balor in some sort of a match, whether that is Hell in a Cell or not. The Usos defending the tag titles in Seven Owens and Sami Zayn. And a Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio match is rumored as well. So that's technically one night of shows. I'm not saying this is all night one, night two, but I'm saying eight matches for one night. That's about what they did last year. Eight matches a night. If we go WrestleMania 38 and see how many matches. I want to say it was seven a night, seven or eight a night. We can double check that here. Let's see, night one of WrestleMania saw seven matches, and night two technically saw nine. I mean, you can say the Pat McAfee, I mean, the Mr. McMahon-Pat McAfee match counted. If, it, if you say it counted, then that makes it nine. So seven or eight actual matches did take place last year at WrestleMania. So we have enough for one night, but I mean... I assume, and this is just me assuming, Roman and Cody, main event night two. Charlotte and Ronda, main event night one. That's what I'm assuming. And then we go from there with whatever they want to put on night one and night two. I don't think they get anything bigger than those two matches to usurp either of those as main events. But it should be interesting to note that eight matches are so far... Rumored, if not more than rumored, for WrestleMania. One being, again, like I noted, the Edge versus Finn Balor match that we thought we were supposed to get at WrestleMania, or at Royal Rumble, yet we now know why that match did not play, take place at the Royal Rumble. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he does state the reason that at one time, that the at one time talked about Brood Edge versus Demon Balor Hell in a Cell match at the Rumble didn't happen is because Edge was filming a television show until this past week and thus couldn't do the WWE television to build up the match. So basically, Edge was not available for WWE until the Rumble. Like through the week of Rumble, he was still filling or filming for Disney Plus's Percy Jackson show. He will be playing the character Arez on Disney Plus's upcoming Percy Jackson and the Olympians series, which I'm very excited for because the Percy Jackson books are really good. If they're as good, if not better than the old Percy Jackson movies, then boy, is this going to be great. And they've got a lot of big name actors tied on for this. Um, what's that, What am I talking about? Tied on for this movie. Series, series, series. But again... That's why the match didn't happen, because there was no build for it. No time to build for it at all, as far as the Hell in a Cell matches go. You can't just all of a sudden just be like, oh, by the way, we're doing a Hell in a Cell match with Rumble. We haven't done any storyline for this, but we are. No, instead, you do the F, the Edge and Beth stuff in the Rumble with Judgment Day to then maybe lead to the rumored Edge and Beth versus Rhea and Finn match at Elimination Chamber, and then Finn Edge WrestleMania, whether that is Hell in a Cell or not. But the match was talked about at one point, just couldn't come together with Edge's schedule and being able to actually set it up on television. Now, as we transition to non-WWE news here, we got to talk about Kota Ibushi, who is no longer under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
And it looks like many different companies, and not just wrestling companies, want to work with Ibushi. As we do know that Ibushi will be working for Game Changer Wrestling over WrestleMania weekend. He will be involved in Bloodsport, where he will be taking on um, Speedball Mike Bailey. He's also announced for a few other independent shows here in America. And it also looks like Japan, uh, Japan's Ryzen Fighting Federation wants Kota Ibushi. According to the Asian or the Asia MMA outlet, it is being stated that Kota Ibushi has been offered a fight with Manny Pacquiao of all people. Manny Pacquiao. If he does sure do if he does do wish to do so. Manny Pacquiao did just recently sign a deal with Ryzen in late 2022, and they are trying to set up his first fight going forward. It has been said that Ibushi is slightly interested in some sort of other combat sports ventures, whether that is MMA or boxing. And it looks like Ryzen really wants Ibushi, and the offer is on the table if Ibushi does want to bite. The article does state that Kota Ibushi has been approached with an offer to be Pacquiao's first opponent in a rising ring. It seemed talks. Over a fight between Ibushi and Pacquiao are at a very preliminary stage, according to Tokyo Sports. The rulest is yet uh, the rulest is yet to be determined. So yeah, they want Kota Ibushi to do an exhibition fight with Manny Pacquiao. That would be wild. Pacquiao again did sign with Ryzen. I want to say in December, and they said that his first fight will come in early 2023. But nothing has been announced as far as who that's going to be and what that's going to be. And now, uh, damn. God damn, it could be Kota freaking Ibushi. Now, I don't know how much Ibushi has done of this in the past, but Ibushi has been doing boxing training here recently. We've seen a lot of different videos, well, not a lot, but a couple different videos of him doing boxing training, saying that he feels like his shoulder is 95% better than it was. So we'll follow the story very, very closely. And if we do hear anything further, on Kota Ibushi, possibly having an exhibition fight with goddamn Manny Pacquiao and Ryzen. Love it for you right here. But moving forward, we got to talk about Bret Hart, WWE Hall of Famer. Going to be in a movie coming up here soon. Uh, per Gravitas Adventures, Hart is set to star in an upcoming movie titled Stalker. Alongside Sophie Skelton and Stuart Brennan. The movie is set to release on demand and in select theaters on March 4th, March 24th, 2023. The synopsis reads as followed. Stalker in select theaters and on demand March 24th, 2023. Directed by Steve Johnson, starring Sophie Skelton, Stuart Brennan, and wrestling legend Bret Hart. A broken down freight elevator precariously hangs dangerously high, trapped, trapping a young woman inside with her stalker. Starring Sophie, Sophie Skelter, Skelton of Outlander and BAFTA winning actor or BAFTA winning actor Stuart Brennan, Rose Hepburn, a young horror actress, returns to her empty hotel. Focused to use the old freight elevator, it jolts to a halt on the 12th floor, leaving her trapped with an unusual stranger. Left with no phone signal. As a storm approaches, tensions escalate and speculations rise when Rose discovers the identity of the mystery man is Daniel Reed, a camera operator who is seemingly obsessed with her. A trailer for the movie is actually out now. You can watch it. Just go to Google or go to YouTube and type in Stalker 
2023, and the trailer will come up. It's your typical, not really horror movie, but suspense thriller type movie. It's one that, like, since it's going to be on demand, I might check it out, not just because Bret Hart, but I got a lot of friends like watching movies like this, so maybe we'll all get together and watch it on a night where we watch a couple different movies. Still want to see that damn Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Speaking of things being on demand, All Elite Wrestling might be starting a streaming service or getting in bed with a streaming service company. That would be WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery, according to a new report from Bloomberg that they write the following. In March, Con acquired, and speaking of last March, Con acquired the small but respect, respected pro wrestling company Ring of Honor from Sinclair Broadcasting Group, Inc., for an undisclosed sum, adding a new crop of wrestlers some intellectual property, and an extensive video library. AEW is also considering starting a streaming service, likely through a deal with its broadcast partner, Warner Brothers Discovery. <gasps> Excuse me, whoa. Let me reread that. AEW is also considering starting a streaming service, likely with a deal, through a deal with its broadcast partner, Warner Brothers Discovery, Inc., according to a person familiar with management's thinking, who asked not to be named. Last year, AEW broke $100 million in annual revenue for the first time, the person says. So this is one of two things. Either they're starting a streaming service and Warner Brothers Discovery is behind them starting their own, or they're just jumping in on HBO Max or what's going to eventually become Warner Brothers or Discovery Plus. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that, but this summer, Discovery Plus and uh, HBO Max will be merging into one streaming service, which will then add... Everything from HBO Max and everything from Discovery Plus, which is a lot of stuff. Discovery Plus has more content than any other of the major streaming services right now, like Disney Plus, like um, Peacock, Paramount Plus, and so forth. If you think about it, Discovery has stuff from Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, Food Network, HGTV, the Mongolia, uh, the, the, oh, what is it called? The Mang, oh, the Mongolia Network. The one with the, 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 oh, now it's going to bug me. Let me go to Discovery Plus really fast. Discovery Plus. Oh, this is going to, this is going to really like, I'm going to feel bad once I get on here and see it and be like, oh yeah, that's what it was. It is called the Magnolia Network. With the fixer-upper people kind of like getting involved in f- curating the content for that. Uh, Discovery Plus also has content from History Channel, A&E, OWN, CNN, Lifetime, Cooking Network, Destination America, Science Channel, and so much more. Then you add in all the stuff from HBO Max, which also has a lot of different hubs there as well. HBO, Cartoon Network. And so forth, just to name a few. I think they have a Comedy Central slot, even though Comedy Central is technically owned by... Well, let me see. Let me log into HBO Max really fast. HBO Max has content from... Let's see, what are their hubs? Oh, I just saw it and then it went away. HBO, DC, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Studio Ghibli, um, Turner Classic Movies, and more. Again, they also got the content from TBS and TNT from um, True TV and a bunch of other things. So what this could be is maybe once HBO Max and Discovery Plus merge, 
AEW will get a hub channel there as well, just like WWE has on Peacock. I think that is something very possible. And finally, the last thing we do have to talk about is an update on the daughters of the late Jay Briscoe, as we do have an update on their conditions. Uh, the organization, or the organizers, of the fundraising efforts for the Briscoe family took to Facebook last night, updating everyone on the status of Jay's daughters directly from their mother, Ashley. JJ, Briscoe's nine-year-old daughter, was officially released from the hospital yesterday and is back home. She will have to wear a neck and back brace for four more weeks, at which point she will then return to the hospital to have her back brace significantly uh, surgically removed. She will obviously need to continue physical therapy as she recovers, but she was able to return home last night. Gracie Briscoe, or Gracie, Briscoe's 12-year-old daughter, will be moved to the rehab floor of the hospital so that she can focus more on physical therapy towards regaining use of her legs below the knee. She has feeling in her legs, but is still unable to move them below the knees. She noted to her sister that her leg, which has felt as if it was tingling nonstop, quote, felt normal last night. Those are the brief updates on both of the Pew daughters, Jay Briscoe's daughters. One has been able to remove or return home. The other still needs to remain at the hospital, unfortunately. Again, we do want to send our deepest condolences to the entire Pew family, all their friends, all the fans of Jay Briscoe. I can only imagine not only losing your partner, but having something like this happen to both of your daughters. So, again, there are fundraisers up. There is also a, and I will pull this up as well. There's, if you just want to send them condolence cards or anything like that, there is a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There is an address that goes to, I want to say the high school or the school district, the high school that will then deliver those to the family. I'll put that in the chat, the live chat here right now. If you guys do want to support the family, maybe send them a card or some well wishes or whatnot, I will put that in the chat right here on both YouTube and Twitch. And I will put it in the description of this video on YouTube for anybody that watches later as well. So with that, guys, not to end on a somber note, but that's going to wrap everything up. That is going to wrap up the wrap-up for today, Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Tonight is Friday Night SmackDown. We will be live following tonight's SmackDown. And, well, four things have so far been announced for the show. Let's just double-check really fast. Nothing else has been announced since we went live. <coughs> it still looks like only four things have been announced. Actually, let me pull this up here on the screen. As we go into this, First off, we do know that Roman Reigns will be appearing on the show for the first time since Royal Rumble. Also, the SmackDown Women's Championship will be on the line when Charlotte Flair defends against Sonya Deville. In the finals of the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Title Number One Contenders Tournament, the team of Braun Strowman and Ricochet will be taking on Imperium's Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. And finally, in an Elimination Chamber qualifying match, the winner of this match will move on to the number one contenders women's elimination chamber match at elimination chamber. It's Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Selena Vega, and Natalia. Again, the winner will move on to the number one contenders match at elimination chamber for a shot to face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship.
So with that, guys, that's everything we've got. I want to say thank you if you're watching live. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And I also want to thank anybody that watches later, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or listens on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We'll be live tonight following WWE Friday Night SmackDown. We will be live also tomorrow night following NXT Vengeance Day. So we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.